Welcome to It's All Connected, a Marvel Studios podcast brought to you by MCUExchange.com. It's all connected. Everything. Well, we're back for three in a row. This is Russ and Matthew, and this is It's All Connected, episode 83. Yeah, it was a double episode this week. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad we're finally kind of in a good swing where we're not getting behind, we're kind of keeping up, which is good because for these double episodes, if we were to kind of lose a week, uh, that would be, yeah, would make it kind of tough. Yeah, especially because we got double next week as well. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, not not how we predicted it would be, but uh, moving right along. Uh, yeah. So we'll start out with some news. Uh, again, since we're keeping things up weekly, there's not a ton of news, uh, but we do have a few things. Uh, first up on my list, uh, as we talked about last week, we thought we'd be pretty close to it, and we were. Uh, we got a, an actual Daredevil trailer for season two, which featured yes. the Punisher. It did quite uh, quite heavily. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, you know, when they were first announcing it, I because they announced Punisher and Elektra, for some reason I still sort of thought there would be a villain. There was talk about Bullseye. Um, but it, it sort of looks like they're positioning him as the sort of villain of the season. I, I, I guess I didn't really realize how large of a role he, he was going to have originally. I thought it would yeah. maybe be more like he would pop in for like an arc of a few episodes. But um, it looks like he's kind of you know going to be a main character and maybe the main antagonist of the uh season which is which is really interesting yeah i'm in the the same boat as you i kind of saw i thought the same thing uh but it was it was really good i mean we get again see a lot of the punisher you know we get to kind of see that you know they make a point of him you know taking out the mob and and that he you know, it just follows the punisher i mean if you know the punisher from the comics it looks like they're doing the punisher yeah um, yeah definitely but I like that he called, you know, he called Daredevil a half measure. Uh, yeah. I, I just I, thought that was really awesome. When and he a said, coward. You're a half measure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, I, I think it's interesting having him be the primary antagonist because to be honest, a lot like, um, you know, Fisk was, it's, he sort of represents like another version of, of Daredevil, another version of Matt Murdock, like who he could be if he took things another way. So maybe Fisk was like, you know, trying to save the city in his way. And now we have Punisher, you know, being the opposite sort of vigilante to him. So it's, you know, he's not, he's not necessarily taking on these bad guys that, um, you know, we're like, Oh, we're going to blow up the city or something like that. I mean, he's, he's sort of facing this almost like moral, dilemma you know yeah uh, this this crisis of like character so that's that's sort of like a pretty heady way to treat the villain so it's uh, yeah i'm excited to see how that that pans out that sort of uh, analysis of of their two styles and i think there was a line i can't remember who said it but they basically said you know daredevil is a one bad day away from being the punisher like yeah it was it was punisher it was like at yeah, the end yeah, of his was, speech yeah. yeah i know and so that's uh I mean, it lays out the theme of the season right there, which is yeah. 
really fascinating. Yeah, how far is too far, and you know, right? You know, and is, what is, is he, he going too far, or not far enough? You know, right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's definitely interesting, and again, it sort of plays into the theme of um, almost like civil war. These uh, sure. dueling ideologies, where you know, maybe both sides are right uh in how they approach things it's so it's uh i'm glad marvel's getting into some of this like heady thematic stuff yeah with their stories and it was kind of cool because the trailer gave us uh there was like a, a tag at the end of the trailer yeah uh, where he walks in and he he realizes Electra's there and uh the the very end thing of the trailer is that we get basically like the other half of this on 225 which Leads me to believe that's going to be like the Electrocentric trailer. Yeah, I, I was super, well, at first I was very disappointed because I was like, you know, where's where's Electra in this whole, you know, trailer? But it looks like they decided that they each needed their own trailer to sort of unpack, which I think is a good move. I mean, Punisher goes first. Obviously, he's like the main antagonist and he's the more well-known character. But I like that they're sort of both getting their own focus and and neither one of them is getting like the short shrift. Yeah. And with a, you know, with a 13 episode season, giving each side a two minute trailer is not, you know, that's a, no, not at all. Yeah. Especially because they're the two major additions to the show. I mean, we know all the other characters. So, and obviously, you know, Daredevil and Matt and everybody else will be in both trailers. So yeah, it's definitely nice to get reintroduced, especially because they're both characters that, have been you know on screen before so it's nice you know i'm sure they want to really introduce us to the mar the new marvel version of these characters yeah they're also bringing a concept in that we really haven't seen in the marvel movies it's pretty prevalent like in in the in the batman movies uh which is you know kind of chicken and the egg thing right you know is are the reason that we have an escalation Mm -hmm. with these super villains or, or these, you know, characters is because of Batman. Like did, did, is he the one that draws them out? And I think it's a uh, foggy that, that kind of says the same thing. It's like, did you ever think that you're the reason, you know, why this happened, you know, you started this whole vigilante, you know, mass man thing, you know, and now, now it's, it's gotten, it's getting out of hand. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, you know, DC and, you know, Batman definitely, I think, deserve credit for sort of that idea um and you know that was played to great effect in like nolan's dark knight and so it's almost like you know i i'm not gonna say they're making daredevil be like their batman but you know in a way he sort of is you know mass vigilante takes to the streets to protect his city using his own brand of justice has a line he won't cross and that inspires you know both other vigilantes trying to do good as well as you know villains using his same tactics but for their own gains so i mean which is fine i mean it's not it's not like they're ripping that off i mean that's sort of part of the it's sort of embedded in the idea of vigilantes in a way so i think it's really interesting that like on the street level side of the mcu daredevil is sort of leading the charge and in sort of inspiring for better or for worse people to like pick up this mantle yeah so that's that'll be really interesting to see how how that goes forward and you know if he'll sort of take a leadership position in the street level world 
Well, but I guess by next week when we record, we won't probably have seen that trailer wouldn't have dropped. So it'll probably be the next day. So it'll probably be uh, two weeks before we we really kind of get into the meat and meat and bones of of that second half trailer. Yeah. Um. So the next big piece of news I have is there's been a lot of speculation. There's been a lot of talk about the Guardians of the Galaxy two casting, uh, and Marvel made it official. Um. You know, we Plem, uh, Palm Clementif. Uh, has been rumored for a long time. Uh, I guess James Gunn today confirmed that Mantis would be in it. Uh, he didn't. Con- they didn't confirm that she would be playing Mantis. No, he uh, did. He did in the. Oh, comments. he did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's um, it got it sort of yeah. If you check out um the story up on MCU Exchange, I, I think they added it on later because in his big list he didn't say it, but then in the comments he did it. He, he sort of okay. replied to somebody so. Yeah, it was sort of like a sly little thing, but um, but yeah, he did confirm that she's playing Mantis, which you know was got posted a while ago, and you yeah. know was all all but uh, you know a sure bet. But yeah, now now we know. Yeah, and so some of the other cast members that they've added: uh, Elizabeth Debicki from The Great Gatsby and Everest, uh, Chris Sullivan, who has been in the show The Nick and The Drop. Uh, and the biggest confirmation that I think everybody thought was really hopeful and then kind of died away uh, is Kurt Russell has been confirmed mm-hmm. uh, to be in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which I think is is a huge win for the franchise, for Marvel, for uh, for the movie itself. Yeah, and I mean, you know, they haven't said who he is, but there's absolutely no way that he is not <laughs> Star-Lord's father. Yeah, I mean, yeah. James Gunn, I, I mean, we, we didn't really get a synopsis of the movie, but there was like a one, they, you know, they released um, the official sort of, with the cast breakdown, there was like a one line sort of synopsis that was saying that Peter Quill is going to be, or they're all going to be looking into the mystery of Peter Quill's parentage. Sure. So we've got official confirmation that it's, they're going to be looking for his father, that's going to be the crux of the story. Kurt Russell is in the movie. I mean, you know, he's not going to be some side character. Like. No. So it's, I mean, it, it, I, I can't conceive of a reality where he's not playing Star-Lord's father. So the question more so is who he will be. Right. Like which, right. which, you know, character he will be portraying. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for, for that to be explored, to see Kurt Russell, um, I'm excited to see Mantis, and it, it, Glenn Close is coming back as Nova Prime. Nice. She was confirmed, but uh, no John C. Riley. Hmm. Interesting. So yeah, it'll be. I mean, you know, they changed up the Nova Corps a lot in the first Guardian, so it'll. It's interesting they're bringing her back, and I wonder. I wonder what sort of role she'll play, and what sort of role the Nova Corps will play. Um, Because that's sort of like an untapped little area of the Marvel Universe that, um, you know, they haven't explored yet. Yeah, and given they were kind of decimated in the first movie, I wonder, you know, if that's maybe a plot point is the kind of the rebuilding of the Nova Corps. Right. What we, you know, maybe know more closer to the comic version than than what we saw in the movies. It it could be. It could be like uh, those were sort of just the foot soldiers and maybe now they call in the elite you know, Nova Corps, which are the ones that we're more familiar with from the comics. So, yeah, that, that'll that be interesting to see. I mean, it, it looks like pretty much everybody's coming back besides, you know, John C. Riley and um, 
Ronin. So, yeah. And and yeah. Thanos, I guess. <laughs> right, right. Which we talked about last week, but Yeah. Uh the next bit I have is so it looks like Adam McKay is definitely going to be involved in Ant-Man and the Wasp. So he was he was pretty crucial to the first Ant-Man movie. Mhm. Uh, at least, at least from a writing and story perspective, so it's good that he'll be involved in the sequel. Yeah, and that the whole team is back together. I mean, they, yeah. they had such good success because I mean, it's the it's him, it's Paul Rudd, and, and then it's the two sort of um, Marvel writers program writers who also wrote the first one. I can't remember their names, but the other they're the other two writers, and I, I think they yeah. were the ones who who worked on the the script for the first one as well. But, uh, or maybe they were uncredited. There, there's something with that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people wrote it, but I think, uh, you know, once Edgar Wright and Joe Cornish left, I think they pulled in these two guys from the Marvel Writers Program, which uh, Nicole Perlman came from, from Guardians right. of the Galaxy. And um, uh, I forget his name, but the guy who's writing Black Panther, he also came out of that. Yeah, yeah. There's no official credit for them. Oh, okay. For yeah, it might have been. I, I think it was one of those things that it, it was months ago. But whenever they announced Ant Man and the Wasp, I think there was just sort of. I remember reading a story about that. I'm sure somewhere in the MCU Exchange archives, there's there's something about that. But but it looks like you know the whole creative team and everybody that was responsible for the ones coming back. Which you know, yeah. Marvel will change those things up, and I, I'm. I'm definitely reassured that it's that everybody's coming back because, you know, it worked to such great effect the first time. So, Andrew Barr and Gabriel Ferrari, those are yeah. the two two guys you're thinking of. Yeah. So I'm, I if I, I I might be mistaken, but I I believe that they had something to do um, once Peyton Reed came aboard with the first Ant Man. So yeah. But either way, Paul Rudd and McKay are back to writing. So. Peyton Reed directing, so I, I definitely think that's good. And and you know, McKay just got an Oscar nomination for best director, I believe. Yeah, for the yeah. Big Short. So that's definitely another feather in Marvel having him involved. And you know, I'm sure they there's still talk about him directing some sort of upcoming Marvel movie. So I'm sure that's even more. Uh, they're even more excited about trying to make that happen now. Sure. Uh, so. Next on my so sticking with the movie side, uh, just one more thing. Uh, there's a lot of rumor going around that Samuel L. Jackson's Nick Fury may come back for Thor Ragnarok. You know, I think him being in it's you know a left field choice, but I think the Hulk being in Ragnarok was pretty left field at first too. So I think anything's possible. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, it, it, I'd be curious to see what role he fills. You know, I don't know if he's going to mm-hmm. be. Maybe he'll be the mechanism to get Thor in. Maybe he'll be sucked along for the ride. Uh, it it, it would be interesting to kind of have Nick Fury. Those you know, three get a, together, man, that would be. Yeah, yeah. But it'd be interesting to see him kind of dip on the cosmic side of it, you know, to have him involved in, you know, something away from Earth because he's, he's just been so, you know, he's, he's a soldier. He's, you know, he's a leader, you know, that way. And for him to be involved in this side of it, I think it'd be an interesting dynamic. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see him out of his element a little bit and maybe playing sort of the straight man almost to the buddy cop duo of Hulk and Thor. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, he, maybe he's 
how Hulk gets from Earth to wherever he meets up with Thor. Right. Um, yeah, but I, I'm with you. I definitely think him being along for more of the ride would be very, very entertaining. And yeah, I think uh, Marvel, they're reaching this point where, and I think Civil War is proof of that, they want to try and like mix up these character pairings more. So yeah, why not? I, I think they could all, I think they could all work together. Yeah. Uh, so that's all I have on the on the movie side, kind of flipping back to the TV side a little bit. And I don't think this is going to have a direct impact uh, on Marvel per se, but uh, being that there is a lot going on on the television side, mm-hmm. uh, I, th- I think it's worthy of note. Uh, but uh, Channing Dungey, uh, executive vice president of drama at ABC, has been named uh, the entertainment president of ABC TV. So she's replacing Paul Lee who apparently was ousted in a huge power struggle with Ben Sherwood, who's president of, of Disney ABC TV. Um, yeah. And she is the first African-American person to head programming at a major broadcast network. Uh, and Dungy will now report directly to Ben Sherwood. So, Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, that's, that's definitely interesting for the sort of milestone of it. Um, and I guess what it means, we'll just have to wait and see. But I, I know Nicole at... Um, over on the website was saying that Paul Lee was the guy who during the TCA stuff was, he was the one saying that anything they develop for ABC, if it doesn't go on ABC, it could go on Netflix. So with him gone, you know, we're sort of wondering, does that affect maybe agent Carter's chances? And especially because apparently Paul Lee was one of the people who went to bat for agent Carter getting a second season in the first place. Wow. Gotcha. So, yeah, I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that it had anything to do with the Marvel stuff or that it will negatively affect that. But, yeah, it's definitely something I guess we'll have to keep our eye on because these behind the scenes sort of shuffles can definitely, definitely affect things like that. Yeah. And it, you know, the main thing is just like, what's everybody's pet project? You know, like what, right. you know, what are Channing Dungy's thoughts on, you know, some of these shows or you right. know, adding, subtracting, you know, does she have something in her, you know, back pocket that she wants to see that she'll be in a position to kind of push forward? Yeah. Um, you know, so all that stuff is, is, will be kind of interesting uh, uh, to see, you know, does, does, does that make a shift around, you know, some of the other Marvel stuff? You know, does it, you know, is it going to affect, you know, Bell or Jeff Loeb or, you know, you know, who knows, who knows. Um, And I mean, I I think one of the reasons Paul Lee was ousted apparently was uh, poor ratings on ABC's part. Yeah. And Agent Carter's part of that for sure. Yeah. And, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. borders that, you know. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, So it's it is unfortunate that I mean, again, it's not like ABC is doing great on a lot of other fronts. But, uh, no. you know, the Marvel stuff, I think, to them is supposed to be their sort of guaranteed, you know, hit shows because that's how it works on the movie side sure. and on the yeah. Netflix side. Yeah, I mean, you've got the movie side that's pretty much, you know, everything at this point is worldwide box office gross to 750, 750 million plus mm-hmm. or pretty or pretty close to it. Yeah, um, and opens number one, usually stays yeah. there for a few weeks. Yeah. The Avengers franchise is a billion-dollar franchise, you know, mm-hmm. a billion-dollar plus. The Iron Man franchise is a billion-dollar franchise. Captain America is pushing to a billion-dollar franchise. Yep. So, you know, you have all these hits, and then you have TV ratings where, you know, again, Agent Carter took a dip this week. I think it was down to point eight. It keeps, yeah, point yeah, seven. Like point seven, yeah. It yeah, took another ten. Yeah, keeps tenth. dropping. Yeah, so 
Yeah, which, again, I say it every week, but it's a shame because I think <laughs> these two episodes were the best thing they've done yet. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. has is a completely different show from when it started. Um, oh, yeah. And, I, you know, I don't really think S.H.I.E.L.D.'s in any trouble, but I, I just am finding it pretty hard to believe that we're going to see a season three of Agent Carter at this point on ABC yeah. at least. No, I agree. I, um, I, yeah. So, yeah, and and it's like you're saying that it definitely calls into question the multiple projects they have in the pipeline. Uh, Most Wanted, Damage Control, the possible other comedy, and the John Ridley show that we haven't heard of. Yeah, and it's funny because the drama stuff, the non-superhero drama stuff, is pretty highly rated and doing better. You know, How to Get Away with Murder... um, I, I guess um, what's That's the other true. show uh, with uh, Scandal? Scandal. Yeah, those uh, are both Grey's huge. Anatomy. I mean, yeah, those that's are, true. You know, those the drama side of things seems to be uh, in a much better position ratings wise and critically than than a lot of the other stuff they're doing. The comedy stuff is struggling. The Muppets thing, I think, has kind of been a bit of a disaster. Uh, you know, because its its ratings are pretty abysmal, given given the type of property that is. Right. Right. So it'll be interesting to see her coming from kind of the successful side of the TV, uh, you know, the non-genre drama side mm-hmm. of, the, of the coin and see what she may bring to the table for the rest. Sure, it, it could be that they're bringing her in to strengthen those things. Um, yeah, it, it, it could really go anywhere. So, but um, yeah, I, I guess we'll just have to, to wait and see. Wait and see, yeah. Uh, and the last uh, TV thing I have before we get into Agent Carter is uh, we got a promo uh, for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for the comeback. Yes, uh, yes. And it was heavily pushing the Secret Warriors, which we've kind of been building to all season. You know, they've mm-hmm. made hints and nods to it. And we've been seeing that, you know, that them wanting to build that side of it up. You know, Matthew, you and I have talked about with the whole most wanted thing coming that this, you know, this side of that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. could easily be easily become more of a you know, secret warriors, uh, inhumans type of show. Definitely. Uh, yeah. And so we got to kind of see some sneak peeks and confirmations that, uh, we're definitely getting Yo-Yo Rodriguez, uh, slingshot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Very excited for that on the show, which is, which would be awesome. And it looked like, was it, is it Stonewall that they kind of showed? That's, you know, there was some talk, uh, behind the scenes, uh, with the MCU exchange folks. And someone was wondering whether it was absorbing man, and in the comics, Stonewall is his son. Right. So, yeah, it, it's interesting because it, it it could be either one of them. He's one of the uh, characters that I definitely predicted would be... Yo-Yo and him were the two characters from the comic Secret Warriors that I uh, predicted. I don't know if it was on this or something else I did, but I remember being like, they'll. I think they're most likely to be on it, so... We've got one of them. I would not be surprised at all if Stonewall was uh, was in it. So yeah, so it looks like the like I said, they're going full bore. Secret Warriors building the team, pushing that forward. Uh, so I'm I'm really excited for Agents of Shield to come back. Yeah, uh, you know when it does because I think I think we're going to be in for a pretty good ride. So yeah, I mean we without Quicksilver, you know, with him gone. Uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> Um, it's, you know, I think the MCU has no speedsters, so, um, bringing in Yo-Yo is really good and she's 
really interesting because she like snaps back to wherever she goes yes. to. So I think there's a lot of things you could play with there. Um, and then the actor who plays Alicia, who is the multiplying uh, inhuman, the redhead, the ginger ninja, as it were, <laughs> um, she she replied to a fan on Twitter saying that she will be back some point this season. So I'm, you know, I'm wondering if obviously we've seen her kind of work with shield already. I would not be surprised if they added her to the team too, because that's a, you know, pretty valuable power set to have. And, you know, obviously she's, you know, seems to be fairly good all things considered. So, yeah. With Andrew, you know, Andrew's kind of out of the equation, you know, mm-hmm. where he was kind of stone, you know, no no pun intended, but he was kind of stonewalling everybody and saying, oh, they're not ready and pushing, yeah. you know, pushing them around. And now that he's not there to kind of give that pushback I, and with Daisy's prominence on the team ratcheting up with Coulson kind of, uh, you know, getting a little little more intense, I could easily see, you know, that that kind of being the, the impetus to to push, you know, some of these new recruits forward. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I I definitely think so. It's exciting. I think they, you know, I think they had to go through some some stuff first and do all the stuff with Andrew and sort of establish the new status quo and do the other planet and uh, all the stuff with, you know, Rosalind and Gideon. Just so many things going on that I think they were sort of doing a slow burn with the Secret Warriors until they could dive back into it following the break. So, um you know, I know some people are frustrated with the slow progress on that, but I think it'll I think it'll be worth it. You don't want to just come out of the gate with this whole team of like inhuman superpowered people all of a sudden. I think they sort of had to like ease into that world because you know Shield at this point is sort of reinventing itself pretty much every half season. So, yeah. um, you know, I think going forward, I think we are very likely to see a show that involves a lot more superpowers. Uh, in humans and if everything works out with most wanted then that will probably handle more of the spy stuff um, especially because agent carter probably won't be doing the spy stuff anymore yeah so yeah. for sure yeah well, that's all the news that i've got um you know again as always check out mcuexchange.com for all the latest and greatest on news and the goings on uh I, I was told that uh, to definitely check out the site uh, later this week, possibly into next week, uh, that there's going to be a scoop uh, related to Captain America. So uh, the, the guys over there wanted me to pass that along. Mm, uh, yeah, exciting. That, that, that's all I got. So yeah. uh, <clears throat> so stay tuned for that. Um, and also head on over to mcuexchange.com and check out the MCU Exchange show. Uh, and yeah, the new previous, YouTube show. Yeah, the, the previous host uh, of the show, Doug Herring, uh, yeah, is over there with some folks, and uh, they're in a real studio, and and they're doing real video stuff, and uh, uh, you know, talking about uh, a lot of the goings on of the of the Marvel universe, Marvel Cinematic Universe over there. So definitely, definitely check that out. It it appears weekly on Friday. So we typically post our show when everything's going well on Thursday, so you can hear us jabber on Thursday and then you can watch and listen to those guys uh, do the same on Friday. Yeah. Ours is sort of like a bit more of a long form discussion of like news and whatever show it was. And they're, they're doing like a little bit of a shorter round table thing where they, you know, talk about the same things obviously, but uh, also get into some other like specialized topics. And uh, yeah, it's really interesting. It's, it's Doug's whole sort of like 
little brainchild. So yeah, it's it's cool that we sort of you know now have a, a sister show uh, delving into the MCU, which is good because it keeps getting bigger and bigger, and there's only so much we can talk about each week. Yeah, with all these uh, new projects popping up all the time. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, so definitely check that out, um, and I'll put I'll put some links up. Uh, I'll try and put it on the Facebook group too when the show goes live uh, as well. So definitely definitely take a look there. Uh, so Agent Carter this week, as we discussed, we got two two episodes. Uh, we got episode six, Life of the Party, and episode seven, Monsters. Uh, so we got three episodes left, which again there'll be two episodes next week, and then the following week will be the finale uh, before we dive right in, back into Agents of Shield. So, yeah. Uh, two, I think two solid episodes. I, I think, uh, for me, I think the second episode was more solid than the first one. Uh, uh you know, but, but again, two, uh, two, two really well done, uh, you know, you know, really well done episodes. And, and again, just kind of like in the first season, I think, it, you know, we talked about it as well. The second season, things keep building. Uh, and I think the show gets better as it, as it moves along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I think I sort of felt maybe a little the opposite that uh, I think I liked the f- first half a little more, but I, I did feel like it was sort of a good decision to put them together because they did function well as a as a whole unit, sort of telling, you know, there was like a little arc they were telling. So, yeah, I, I, th- I thought it was really, really well done. Um, the action and comedy continue to be great and all the character interactions and I'm actually getting very, very, you know, invested in the plot that they're building up, much more so than than the sort of plot that they had last season. Yeah, um, and it, it's starting to come together. I mean, you know, that's, yeah, that's, that's the one thing that I noticed. You know, all the pieces were that were separated are now all coming. Yeah, all you know, the kind of coming together, meeting, and yeah, yeah. it it definitely makes it much more exciting. Well, this one it started off really interesting where we kind of get a glimpse of what dr wilkes ha- what happens to him when he yeah, disappears the sort of uh, uh dark dark dimension yeah it's it almost kind of reminded me of like uh in lord of the rings when when frodo puts the ring on yeah yeah uh, you know when he kind of disappears and everything's really shadowy and you can kind of make things out and um it, which which again is is was kind of a cool effect and he was just very you know confused and out of sorts yeah i you know last week they sort of made it seem like he he you know disappeared and i uh the breakdowns i've been doing um over on the website i was talking about how you know i'd love for the show to be able to do an episode where they all go into another dimension looking for you know dr wilkes but i you know obviously highly doubt that's gonna happen but um you know we it looks like he was he didn't disappear. I mean, he immediately sort of reappears, but we did get a glimpse of you know something, some sort of other plane of reality or existence, uh, whatever it is. And I, I feel like with that sort of tease and you know jumping obviously to the end with Wilkes and uh, Whitney together, I, I feel like we're going to see that um, see that. Uh, dimension again in some form oh yeah no doubt uh, before the the season's up which is you know adds a very interesting new wrinkle to the uh marvel universe in the movies well you know we sort of had it with the quantum realm and ant-man but 
you know, to see that there is another sort of extra dimensional thing with characters who since the forties have been able to access it in some way. That's, uh, that's some pretty interesting uh, mythology to add in there. Yeah, absolutely. We get Anna Jarvis back for two episodes. Yes. So it, was, it was it was good to see Anna back after all that time. She's she's great. She's, she's delightful. Yes, <laughs> I love I love the accent. Like I love her accent. I'm not sure yeah. if if that's the act- actress's true accent, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a uh, it sort of jumps around a bit. Yeah. Um, sort of like hard to place, especially because yeah. she's supposed to be a Hungarian Jew. But it sort of sounds Irish a little bit, which yeah, I don't know it's if that's a... just the, you know, her accent or what. But uh, yeah, I just I love the energy she brings and I love the way that she sort of grounds Jarvis, you know, so that he's, you know, not such a sort of eccentric uh, novelty character or anything like that. So, yeah, 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 she's she's a great addition. The senator's having a fundraiser, so they have to infiltrate the party to find, kind of find out what's going on. Uh, Rose apparently is away, so we, we, we didn't get another Agent Rose excursion. No, which, unfortunately. That just seemed like an excuse to, to bring Dottie back into the fold. Definitely. It um, was, uh, I mean, you know, it's one of those things I think we were talking about last week where, you know, it's a stretch. Um, y- you know, it seems like a plot stretch, but the results are worth it so you can you can forgive it but yeah that was when they sort of thought of that i was like really that's that's uh who you can trust is (laughs) it seems like the last person you should be able to trust yeah isn't there another one of those operator people that work in the yeah there's got it there's no other there's absolutely no other agent you try yeah it was just I, i don't know and and they were also saying you know jarvis will get made you know, if he goes, but yet Jarvis went anyway. So yeah, it seems, seemed like thin reasoning. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, very much worth it. I thought. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> that's, that's one of those. It's just like, okay, just, you yeah. Know, just it's like, that's move, sure. Move fine. The, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> got to bring Dottie back. Yeah. That's fine. Got to, got to give uh, Peggy another reason to do a disguise and an accent. Oh yes. Uh, Always those in every episode, please. <laughs> yeah. Which is great. So she of course sneaks into where they're holding Dottie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love the back and forth that uh, Dottie, I think is the, as much as I love Haley Atwell, I really think uh, Bridget Reagan stole, stole these two episodes. I mean, every, every time she was on, uh, yeah, she, she was. It wasn't over the top. It wasn't like even hokey. Like she just pulled it off very, very well. Yeah, she she really relishes uh, those sort of moments of her character. She she does a a fantastic job with the you know limited time she's given on the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she really makes you like root for her, and then remember like, oh wait, no, hold on, she's a bad guy. <laughs> You yeah. know, or, you know, bad person. She's a villain, you know? Yeah. So, um, but at the same time, you're like, well, but, you know, maybe she could be like an anti-hero. Yeah. Because, yeah, they're they're just a lot of fun together how, how much she gets under Peggy's skin. Yeah. And, you know, you don't see Peggy ruffled very often. No. So it's nice to know that, you know, she's not, she's not invincible, you know, both, uh, you know, physically and emotionally. Right. Which, you know, we've seen on display a lot in, in these two episodes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but Peggy brings up the whole, the pin. Like, she asks her about the pin again. 
and mm-hmm. Dottie, yeah. Dottie just kind of, of course, lies about it. <laughs> yeah, um, it's still shrugged off a little bit, but they keep bringing it up. Like it's, yeah. I I really hope by the end of the season, you know, at first I thought it was just sort of. Uh, it didn't really mean anything and it was just like oh there's this pin with the symbol and the symbol relates to this club and that's the big mystery but it it seems like going out of the way to bring up the pin again makes it almost seem like a, and and you know Dottie says it's more than just a pin so right. i'm wondering if it's some sort of key or you know something like that it's it's obviously something much bigger than uh we're led to believe so i i think we will see that pin come back into play again <laughs> I hope so. I hope it wasn't something they're setting up for a season three. Um, yeah, yeah, I know. It's it, it's such a – it really is a shame, like, watching these episodes. And, I mean, I hope that the writers are sort of smart enough to know, like, okay, this is – nothing's guaranteed. Like, let's right. maybe plant some seeds, but let's make this a self-contained story because it would definitely be a shame. I mean, it's always a shame when a show you're invested in has sort of – mythology and plot threads dangling that you want to see paid off and you know you never get to so um yeah it'll it'll be interesting like we were saying last week there's you know there was no way for them to sort of know the ratings until the show was pretty much done yeah in terms of like writing and filming so yeah we just hope that they kind of you know plan for the worst And again, you know, we talked about this before, too, but I think worst case scenario, if there's something, uh, you know, really obviously hanging, Mm -hmm. I think what we what they might do is find a way to work it into either Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or or even Most Wanted and where we'll get like a, you know, some sort of flashback or we'll get like a, you know, a prelude or a or a tag at the end or something like that to kind of maybe tie this up. Yeah. Or it'll pay off in present day somehow. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's. There's a lot of opportunities, some sort of one-shot type thing, some sort yeah. of Netflix type thing. I mean, I, I definitely think that Marvel and Disney are very happy with like Haley Atwell and, and probably all the people. I think all the people involved. Um, yeah. I, I think the showrunners are writing the uh, Captain Marvel series now uh, on the comic side. Yes, Brothers um, and Fazekas, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, you know, they're... And obviously, you know, all the other people who are involved from a production level and the, sh- the creators and other showrunners are all part of, you know, deep in the movie world. So, you know, I would I would almost be more worried about, like, the S.H.I.E.L.D. side of things if that was struggling. I think Agent Carter yeah, sort of absolutely. has her place in the MCU and they'll they'll do right by her story and her character, even if the show doesn't continue in this fashion. So, yeah, I totally agree. Um but I love the back and forth that they have where they, they're basically lying to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Peggy even says, well, I know you're just going to try and escape. And then, you know, the, you know, Peggy says something about deportation and, you know, right. and then Dottie basically said, you're lying to me. And I love it where Peggy's like, okay, great. So you'll help me get what I need and I'll lock you back up in your cell. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, and by she's the end, thinking, was, yeah, sure you will. I'm going to escape the first chance I get. Yeah. Yeah. At the end it was like, okay, let's not lie to each other. We know exactly what we're going to do. So I thought yeah. that was just really good. And then, you know, of course, once she escapes, Peggy, of course, has already planned for everything. Mm-hmm. Tells her to run right. She, of course, runs left. Yeah. Her and Susan. I just, I loved that not only the surprise of them being there, which you sort of saw coming, but then that they just fire this sort of wimpy little net, yes. net gun on her. And, you know, we're thinking the same thing she's thinking. And then, of course, 
it's probably a Stark weapon because it electrocutes you too. <laughs> yeah. Not once, but and then I love that Peggy is like, yeah, I, I've been here before, so let me give yeah, her another Yeah, twice jolt. for good measure. <laughs> yeah. But I love the, the method of escape. Like, she gives her those magnets, which yeah. is such, like, a 40s, 50s. Like, it felt like it fit. Like, yes. that's something that you would see in, like, a 40s, 50s, these ridiculous, you know, oversized magnets to, to move the, you know, the again, this isn't the present day. This These aren't electronic locks. These are physical locks. Right, and, and that's, so, for a second, that's what I was thinking when she, I thought it would be something that would just, like, disengage the electronic locks, which yeah. I'm just so wired to be used to that. It was... It was very nice that it was a little more involved than that. And again, that's the type of thing that I really want to see more in this show and in S.H.I.E.L.D. also, to be honest. But especially yeah. this, because there's such an opportunity for all these gadgets. And yeah. and so, again, the electrocuting net rifle and uh, the the cage that Wilkes is in. Just it, it's so many great opportunities for like design and creativity and stuff for all these spy gadgets so yeah did, was, was did you notice that the guard had the lipstick no yeah oh. the guard so yeah so that's peggy great again callback you know that's what yeah. Dottie did to peggy to you know to knock her out yes uh so when I, I and to me that was like totally purposeful i mean so oh Dottie, definitely because i was, walks out, she, was like smiling in the chair yeah. and i'm like i want what how did she knock him out yeah and oh okay man that makes perfect sense that's yeah. that's even better see yeah so yeah that's of course great. she took the gun and and knocked him out with the lipstick so i thought that was yeah. that was awesome and i like that she didn't even explain the the gadget to Dottie. it's just like here you go yep. you can figure yep. it out <laughs> take some time while i go get in this alley and prepare to net net electrocute you yeah so, of course, they take Dottie back. I love the fact that her dress, so she's got the black dress with the red. It's almost mm-hmm. like a diamond. You know, again, Black Widow, right? Yeah. You know, the, the, the pointy. Definitely I mean, obviously evoking it wasn't a complete... those, those, yeah. uh, the color scheme from the comics. Because, um, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know, Scarlett Johansson never really wears. Uh, there's there's slight red accents in her in her black suit sometimes, but that definitely felt like more of a shout out to like the comic yeah. version of black widow. Yeah. That's yeah. very black and red. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. Um, and I love that Jarvis, when he realizes he's getting put in with, he's like, so what type of firearm are, am I going to have? And she's like, uh, you'll have no type. That's what kind you'll have. And I was, it was just, that was a great conversation. And he's like, how about a cane with, with a, a sword? A sword? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just whispering to that to her. That was, that was so great. And then the, the pantomiming when she's got the hair dryer going. Yes, it yes. was yeah, that was just a great scene in terms of like set pieces with that giant hair dryer she's attached to and the yes. the, the comedy and Yeah, I mean I, again, as much as I'll miss, you know, Haley Atwell as Peggy Carter, I'm definitely gonna miss um James Darcy as Jarvis. And yeah. I really hope that he can somehow pop up again in the mcu especially now that uh you know the ai jarvis is the vision i I don't know how he would appear but somewhere in the mcu i i want him to continue to be jarvis yeah yeah preferably with peggy but you know with howard as well i and and howard's another one you know i they've made such a they do such a good job with this cast and they've brought these characters to life so well that i really hope they continue to find ways to you know, have all of them pop up into the MCU. Cause as much as I love all the shield characters, the, you know, Peggy Jarvis and 
Howard really are these sort of like larger than life personalities. So yeah, yeah. I feel like they work even better in a movie world. They can really hold their own. And, you know, two out of three of them have been in the movies. So, yeah, I love that Dottie calls him Jeeves. That's yeah. just that's just like perfect. Uh, yeah, the, the two of them together was was, uh, again, you know, another great example of Marvel mixing up the character pairings. I mean, that's that's always a sign of a great show when you can sort of put any two characters together and it's entertaining. Uh, and the two of them together, again, was another perfect example of, you know, she really gets under his skin, <laughs> ruffles his feathers. Yeah. And but her like sort of confidence during the party, you know, and his uh, him sweating it the whole time was was great. So, of course, they get to the party and, you know, thinking that the whole reason they did this was so they wouldn't be spotted. And who comes in but Jack Thompson and Vernon Masters, which pretty much blows the whole point of it. Uh, all t- together. Yeah, we got. Uh, they found a way to bring Thompson back in. Yeah, Ooh. and th- there was a couple good interactions between Masters and Thompson, and mm-hmm. the first one is him. Really, you, you know, you get you're getting the impression that he's bringing Thompson into the fold, and Thompson's fully in. There were a lot of times in this episode where I got the feeling with Thompson that. He is playing along. Well, two, Well, let me back up. Two things. One, that he's either playing along uh, because he's trying to infiltrate and get on Master's good side to expose what's going on, mm-hmm. or he's realizing he's in way over his head. Like, at first yeah. he thought it was one thing, and now he realizes it's becoming something else, and now he's like, I'm in way over my head, and this is not what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, you know, we talked about this last week, and I really, I really liked your. Was it your theory or somebody on in the Facebook comments, but saying that Thompson, you know, knows what he's doing and he's playing everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I want to believe that because I don't, I don't want one of these characters, especially one of the good guys, to be sort of an idiot, which is how he sort of appears. Um, but I, with that that talk he had with Peggy, you know, nobody's watching. It's it's sort of hard for me to believe that he, you know, is playing everybody and that he's got a plan. I, I, I don't know. It's he he really does seem to. There, there's so much evidence that what's going on is nefarious, yet he still sort of seems pretty eager and. You know, during the party, I was like, okay, well, clearly he's playing along. Like, of course he's playing along. Like, he knows what's wrong. But then when he had that talk with Peggy, it unless the house was supposed to be bugged or something like that, it just really seems like he genuinely was trying to convince her to, like, you know, let things go. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what that explanation would be, why he wouldn't kind of, like, pull her in at that point and be like, look, I get it. You know, I'm playing this from the inside or something, you know. And and maybe part of it is he knows how, like, Masters knew it was Peggy that was in on the stealing of the nuclear materials. Mm-hmm. And so maybe Thompson is just like, you know, she's 
she's being watched very, very, very closely. And right. Maybe he feels That's like true. the only the only way to kind of get to for him to work this the right way is to kind of get her away from it. Yeah. Because she's likely maybe you know he feels like he can't protect her. Yeah. I you, you know, know masters masters has kind of got it in for her and exactly. She's not careful. That, that's a good point, and I did. I will say that that interaction between them, if nothing else, shows that like he's clearly not as sort of thick-headed and right and right. spiteful as he seemed in the first episode. Um, you know, he clearly respects her and has her best interest at heart. You know, when he tells her to go home, he's like, "Look, I'm," you know, he's basically saying like, "I'm not just forcing you to go back. Like, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, help you. I'm trying to protect you." So, yeah, I think. I think he thinks he's doing what's best or trying to get her out of the way or maybe doesn't know what, you know, what she knows, which is unfortunate because if, you know, he would confide in her, if they would sort of both, to be honest, if they would both confide in each other, then they could accomplish a lot more instead of, you know, being at odds and slowing each other down. But it's still at the end of the day to me seems like he, he's trying to protect her. He thinks he knows what's best for her. He he still hasn't really learned his lesson that, you know, she doesn't need his protection and that she is capable yeah, and, and probably think, more capable than he is. Yeah. And I think to some degree, he's still trying to make a name for himself. Like he definitely, you know, everything, you know, at this point in the SSR that he's kind of been elevated for has been tied to Peggy. And, yeah, you know, maybe he's trying to kind of make his mark where it's it's truly him and not because you know, Peggy did this or Peggy did that. But. Right. But even then that's him sort of in a way then trying to push her out of the way so that he can get the glory. Yeah. When, to be honest, she's been onto this thing way longer than he has. Right. Right. So yeah, again, I, I don't know really how to judge it until it's all said and done, but I do feel like them working together and trusting each other would be, you know, I think would be much more interesting for his character than him trying to like do whatever he's doing and get all the glory. And at the end of the season for him to go, Hey, surprise, I was working it the whole time. And yeah, Hey, maybe I should have just trusted you. And you know, then it just feels like a retread of the first season. Yeah. Um, but you know, I guess, I guess we'll see. I mean, but again, I would prefer that to him apparently just, being that big of a fool which i don't think is the case i mean he clearly knows something is up but yeah but yeah you know i i imagine we probably won't find out until the the finale what exactly his uh his understanding is and his plan is yeah so one of the biggest things i guess to happen in this episode was chadwick brings his wife brings whitney to the council because he, he kind of realizes what's going on and thinks that he'll make a big show of it. And she starts to kind of show what she can do. And then Chadwick tries to get the drop on her. And, of course, that doesn't turn out so well. No. And she she basically eliminates five members of the nine-member council yeah. uh, and takes control. So Yeah. Um, um, and displays um, a lot more uh, of her abilities. Yeah. I yeah. mean that's uh that's pretty formidable. <laughs> yeah, I mean she can it, do. up until this point it's been people she's had direct contact with or, yeah. or objects or items or you know mice or whatever that she's had to physically grab hold of. Mm-hmm. And so this was the first time where she's 
able to just kind of like channel it through the floor and then back up and yeah. you know, use it in that manner without having to physically be in contact with, yeah. uh, with the subject and, and take four people at the same time yeah. and yeah. strategically, like she picked the people. So, I mean, that's a, that's a hell yes. of a lot of control. Um, yeah, I was I was glad to see Ray Wise uh, made it through. That, yeah, that, when she started that doing that, I was like, oh, I really they're gonna they'll think of some reason why she doesn't kill all of them because I do not see them getting rid of him. <laughs> right, and of course, you know, the explanation was you can still help me, which makes sense. We didn't we didn't really know much about the other people um, besides that one guy was apparently like a financer, right? That that was at the head of the table. So you know, Ray Wise, he's you know we know he controls this big company, so. And she, of course, still wants those like atomic cores. So, yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense to to keep him around. You when know. she's an outsider, I mean, you know, so she, you know, while she's she's taking control of the quote unquote council, you know, she doesn't know the inner workings and the day to day and everything else. Right, so she's she needs need... some of them for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was it, it was definitely a good move. If she had to just wipe them all out, then wouldn't have made a lot of sense. Yeah. The one thing that I, to me, that seemed off, I mentioned this on Twitter and somebody replied back and said, no, it looked fine to me, but I thought the fight choreography with that bit with Dottie seemed a little stilted in this episode. I don't know. I guess maybe because in the finale of season one, it was so awesome. Uh, you know, like it was really Black Widow-ish where she was, you know, jumping and flipping mm-hmm. and yeah. all this other kind of stuff. And this just seemed, I don't know, it just, it seemed really stilted to me. Not, not in a horrible the, way. Like the guards? Yeah, yeah. I... <laughs> Um, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. I, I see what you're saying. Like it was definitely, I was definitely expecting her to go a little bigger though. She definitely did some good sort of leg work and taking one of the guys down. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it definitely wasn't as, um, as big though. I, I don't know. I mean, she's still sort of in play, so maybe, yeah. maybe she'll get the chance to do that though. She seems pretty weakened at this point. Yeah. And I mean that, yeah, that is a good point is even Peggy notices like, you know, she puts it off as master's interrogation and Peggy's like, no, this is the Whitney. Like she did this to you. Yeah. Like, what did she do to you? So she, well, that, obviously she's not up to snuff, but, well, but I don't know. It just later, seemed like the That was later was on though. Cause you're talking about when she escapes the party. Oh, right, right, right. No, you're yeah, right. You're so right, she hadn't right. been. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, hadn't happened yet. I don't know. It, it, they definitely could have gone bigger they definitely could have gone bigger with that scene, but maybe it was just with time, you know, they didn't have, have a chance to set up some big sort of, you know, yeah, sequence of her abilities. But, but yeah, I, um, I no, did, it's it wasn't a huge thing. Just, it's just right. something that just, I just kind of noticed. No, and, I and agree. I, get... I mean, it was, that was definitely one of the highlights of her character was, was those moves she busted out. And yeah, it, it would have been great if you're bringing her back to like, you know, give her uh you know, maybe like a minute, of you know fight choreography or something yeah. really take out some people but um like maybe if we had seen her fighting that first guy before he flies through the window or something but yeah um yeah that i i definitely would have liked to see her use her skills a bit more the funniest bit so masters and thompson kind of have this this exchange again and and this time vernon's much more aggressive in that peggy needs to be taken not taken out like at first thompson's like no i'm not gonna kill her and right. he's like no 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 no. you don't know that would make her a martyr and you know but she needs to be taken off the field she needs to be you know a scandal you know something you know something something has to be done and he's really like they cut into this really heated exchange 
And um, I, I, I was just, again, it's the whole Red Foreman thing, but I was like, please call him a dumbass. Please call him a dumbass. <laughs> I was like, that would just be so awesome if he did that. That would be amazing. <laughs> uh, but it didn't happen. But no, I, I, I was that. definitely, so I definitely liked it later. I was telling my wife that I loved seeing Red Foreman cowed when uh, Whitney sort of puts him in his place. Uh, I think it was... Maybe it was later on, but there, there's some point where she oh, it, it's later on. It's it's when she's talking to him and Manfredi's there and she goes to like touch him and he like recoils. Yes. And yes. It, it was just great because, you, you know, again, you never see Red Foreman, you know, that yeah. uh, out of control and, and somebody who scares him. So I definitely enjoyed seeing that. Yeah. Uh, so and again, like we talked about earlier, the, the, this episode ends with. Uh, with Thompson and Peggy kind of having this exchange where he tries to get her to come back and she basically quits. Like, this is it. Yeah. She's done. She's mm-hmm. just like, mm, nope, I'm, you know, I'm willing to bet everything I have that I'm right about this and I'm not going to stop until I do, I, I prove my point. Mm-hmm. And uh, Thompson leaves and she's basically out of a job. So, yeah, um, it was interesting because in a way it's sort of like a retread of season one. You know, she's once again sort of at odds with the agency and sneaking around behind their back to to accomplish a mission. So I would say maybe that's my main critique of the season is that it, it sort of puts her in the same position that she was in in the first season. Yep. And it yep. puts, you know, we've talked about this ad nauseum, but, it, you know, it puts Thompson in the same sort of position. So, yeah, and, I you agree. know, maybe a little bit of the dually position as well, but yeah um so it's almost like the 24 syndrome it's like up jack is on the outs with the agency again (laughs) yeah i mean it happens anytime you have a sort of maverick renegade you know person they're they're all so in a way it doesn't really have an impact you know you're not like oh my god she quit it's just like no of course she i mean she's she's already completely gone behind this agency's back this entire season with this investigation so her being like oh i quit especially because we know she goes on to found shield so it's right you know, it's not really like, oh, no, what's she going to do without the SSR? It's like that, you know, it's more like, what is the SSR going to do without her? So right, it's right. sort of like you're not really like, oh, no, it's more like, Jesus, Jack, you do you understand what you're doing right now? <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. are losing your single best agent. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it's again, I guess we won't, won't. I don't know how much of that we'll see play out. My guess is by the end of the season it'll just be like the status quo is reverted and she's once again working for the you know agency and thompson has egg on his face and you know so yeah it's it it was a good character moment between the two of them but it also doesn't really add up to much yeah Um, so it's it's that's maybe another one of the sort of frustrating elements but you know eh, that's all right so episode seven, Monsters, uh, I, I love the Dottie, the torture, the quote-unquote torture sequence at the beginning where she, you know, Masters is kind of talking about, you know, this woman that was in charge of the concentration camp and, you know, how he made her talk and all this other kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, I pretty much, I pulled my own fingernails out. I've pulled a tooth out. I've burned myself, you know, I've done all this stuff to you know, prepare for torture. So, you know, do your best. Yeah. We know the red room is pretty brutal. So yeah, exactly. Uh, So I thought that was, that was kind of a cool callback. And yeah, again, just, um, 
I think one of the things is like, you know, we know, again, we know him as Red Foreman. And so when he was cast in this role, it's like, uh oh, he's going to be this big, you know, villainous sort of character. But he, he's been pretty um, ineffectual, I feel like, as a villain. You know, yeah. nobody's nobody's really afraid of him. Um, so it's it's interesting, especially a character like him. It's interesting to see him sort of think he has all this power, but to realize that all these people that he sort of underestimates are actually far more capable than he is. So, yeah. And, uh, you know, he's sort of like the old guard who thinks mm-hmm. he's part yep. of, you know, the future wave, but really he's part of this sort of like dying thing that, you know, is going to get trampled underfoot by all these, you know, by a bunch of, you know, he clearly doesn't respect, you know, women, you know, as capable. And, and here they are like constantly putting him in his place, Whitney, Dottie, and of course, Peggy all like, you know, sort of prove how ineffectually is over and over again. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's nice. It's nice to see, a, you know, an old white guy in a suit, you know, get, you know, not have any power over these three powerful women. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a, you know, it's a, I don't know how intentional all that is, but. We see that Wilkes is starting to get a little unhinged. So I don't know if this yeah. is kind of a prelude to the zero matter corrupting him or if it's just out of frustration and he just kind of snaps. But I mean, his whole, you know, he thinks that things need to be handled a little more, uh, aggressively, you know, that, that if Dottie's out there and she's dangerous, why not just activate the neurotoxin from the, from the necklace that she has and just be done with it? Like, why, why would you inflict her upon the world if she has the potential to, you know, cause a lot of panic and chaos and, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and everything else. And he gets pretty aggressive about it. And then, you know, he kind of he kind of realizes it and, and pulls it back a little bit. But I, I just thought that was a I don't think that's the last we'll see of that. Uh, no. And I definitely thought that it was a long time coming considering his condition. And, you know, you can't blame him. It, it was super irresponsible of Peggy and them to, you know, bring her out like that. And of course, something went wrong, you know. Yeah. And especially just giving her so much information and entrusting her with extracting the zero matter and just just giving her far too much like uh, power in the situation. Um, And and again, you know, I don't totally blame him because I I thought it was a little forced that they were like, no, we can't finish helping you until we find Dottie. It's like, well, couldn't you do it at the same time? Like he already built the thing and all you have to do is like give him the zero matter, right? Like that takes what, three seconds. Like you can't do that while you're fixed. Why Jarvis is like fixing the transceiver. So that seemed like a little forced to make him need to get angry when they really could have like solved that problem immediately. Yeah. Um, so I, I was definitely happy when that was sort of passed. Like, I don't mind him being, it makes sense that he would be frustrated and going a little crazy. I mean, he's in a insane situation, you know, right now. Um, but I was glad when it sort of passed and he sort of was back to himself with Peggy and with Anna later. I thought that was a great scene with him and Anna. Um, and I, I loved, I think that was maybe my favorite visual moment is the sort of like banquet table. that was halfway in his, his little containment cell that they were eating at. Yeah. So that was great. Um, and again, just another good example of, you know, character pairings, just, you know, putting everybody together and they all fit well. So, yeah, I, I, I hope they don't make him too, you know, uh, crazy of a character just so, you know, we know obviously Peggy doesn't end up with him. 
Um, So I I hope they don't just make it because he's like too crazy or something. You know, I I think that would sort of just be like a misstep. Um, I wonder if one of these characters, I don't know, I don't know if it's going to be Whitney or Dottie or Wilkes, but I wonder if one of them gets sucked into the zero matter universe or whatever, or mm -hmm. gets sucked in. And at some point, like in agents of shield or in most wanted, we see them extract themselves in the present day. They could, and maybe having not aged at all. It, exactly. Yeah, that, absolutely. I that seems like a very um, that seems pretty likely. I mean, I think that especially if we're not going to see any more Agent Carter, you know, we know that the Dark Dimension, which they've they've called it, I think Kevin Feige called it, is going to show up in Doctor Strange in some way. There's yeah. like some connection between that and Doctor Strange. So. And considering the connection between S.H.I.E.L.D. and Agent Carter and all these things, yeah, it definitely makes sense that, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. is the type of show where they could easily explore that a lot more. And, you know, what they did with Simmons on that other planet, I mean, that's a great example of how they could do something involving, like, another dimension, another world. Um, And, yeah, it's a super good sort of cheat to have the character like not have to worry about putting on age makeup or something like that because it's like, Oh, they didn't yeah. age in this other dimension for whatever reason. Yeah. I mean, I would love to have Dottie come to the present yeah. and like be a thorn in the side of, of shield because Definitely. I, you know, just what she knows and, and you know, her skills and everything else. I think, I think she would make a really good strong villain. Uh, yeah. Or, or even, um, you know, Whitney, you know, sort of taking a sure. Madame Mask mantle and and sort of existing still. Yeah, I mean, it's... Or Wilkes, if he somehow gets some sort of superpowers. I mean, yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of possibilities, especially with those sort of, like, you know, second-tier characters to be able to survive somehow and make that transition. Yeah. You know, keep, keep them in the world, and plus they've all... You know, Dottie's obviously got skills and the Black Widow connection, and then... Whitney and Jason have the, you know, zero matter abilities, which has already been introduced in S.H.I.E.L.D. And, you know, hey, you need a tie in episode for Doctor Strange. That might not be a bad one right there. So, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I I think that would be pretty exciting. One of the things we see Whitney, you know, we talked about it when we talked about last episode, you know, she's gaining more control over her powers. I mean, she's actively um you know, training or, or testing them, you know, yeah, she's, she's a scientist. She so must she's, be. Oh, definitely. She's, she, she's been testing them way more than we've seen. Yeah. Uh, I think that's for sure. So when she gets a hold of Dottie, it was really interesting that she started to use the power and then pulled it back, Yeah, which was really creepy because, you know, not only did she get the, the dark, you know, the zero matter lines, you know, the black, you know, which almost makes it look like it's going through her veins and into mm-hmm, her system. Yeah. But then it's almost like she's choking on that black. Yeah. And they oh kind of go yeah. through that. That was pretty brutal. Yeah. That top down view where her mouth is open and you yeah. see just like that goop that's, that's kind of in there and then boom, it all, it all comes back and it, and it really messes her up. So, uh, so again, it was just, it was a way to, you know, how do you get the Dottie who isn't afraid of anything and has been through, you know, all the torture known to man. Well, you torture her with something that she's never seen before. So. Yeah. I mean, and, and exactly who, who knows what sort of pain is involved in that, yeah. in the yeah. zero matter. I mean, it could affect you psychologically as well. So, I mean, yeah, it's sure. the, and yeah, with her having that sort of control over it was definitely pretty like, Oh my God, like how are, I mean, Peggy's amazing, but that's a, that's like a whole new world of, 
of uh, villain. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll it'll be pretty interesting to see how they face off against her. Yeah. So we see Masters. He didn't have a lot of luck with Thompson over getting the nuke material back uh, for Roxon for um, for Hugh Jones. So he decides to make a run at uh, Sousa. Yeah. And uh, Sousa's really not having having nope, any of it. Not at all. And then we get that cool, you know, Peggy calls him up, and they have that really cool phone conversation, uh, coded phone conversation, mm-hmm. uh, to let, you know, so he could let her know what was going on and that she needed to kind of stay away. So yeah, it's uh, and and you know, unfortunately, that leads to, uh, you know, Sousa having an unfortunate accident later and. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, I definitely like how he straight up, you know, stood up to him and was just like, you know, not even like Thompson and whether Thompson's playing him or not, it, you know, Sousa's just straight up like, nope, <laughs> or, you yeah, know, he's, or he's like, outright defiant. Yeah. yeah, it's just like, hey, we can help you move up in this world. And he's like, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good where I am. <laughs> and you'll probably never find this stuff. Like, it's probably gone for good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, I liked how casual it was. It wasn't menacing. It wasn't double speak. Nope. It was just like, yeah, I'll see what I can do. He just he could not care less. Nope. Yeah, I I I enjoyed that. It's I like I like Seuss a lot. Yeah, and and I love that. So now that Peggy and Jarvis have decided to go after, uh, to go after Dottie and to try and get it back, they're like, oh yeah, this is a trap. We you know, I yeah. know this is a trap. It's like, but but they're going anyway. Yeah, and I appreciated that. I appreciate that the show doesn't continually make them like. Oh, whoops. It's yeah. like, no, they know what they're doing. Like, it's yeah. it's obvious to us. It's obvious to them. And I I very much like when a show acknowledges that. Like, look, yeah. we know this is insanely obvious. They're smart, but they've got to do it anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, I kind of thought maybe that necklace. I, I didn't quite get that because at one point after Whitney knocks out Dottie, she starts fiddling with the necklace. And she says she already disabled the tracker. Oh, I'm, you never mind. I'm guessing she was turning it back on. Sorry. I was saying I, I kind of thought maybe she was going to rig it to like somehow like, you know, she said it emitted a neurotoxin. I thought maybe she would rig it that when Peggy rescued her, it would like emit the neurotoxin or something and poison them all. But uh, I guess she was just turning it back on. And yeah. Yeah. It, it seemed like that could have been more of a trap, though, like to tie them up. But. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe she wants to just face Whitney wants to face Peggy like face to face or something. So I love that that they go at <clears throat> well, a couple things happen. One, Anna, you know, for, for all this time and, and everything that Jarvis has been doing, not with Peggy, but I'm assuming with Howard as well. Probably has been yeah. Anna's kind of been in the dark and, you know, Jarvis kind of lie is probably a, a strong word but he basically omits uh things we kind of saw that in season one you know because yeah. we didn't see anna jarvis and he right. would explain things to her and not really tell her the truth or he would exaggerate you know what right. was going on not the extent of the danger that he's involved in right um and so anna kind of starts to really get concerned you know that yeah justifiably so <laughs> yeah you know like wow this was a whole lot better when i didn't know what was going on like you know, I almost wish that he would have just kept lying to me about what he was doing because then I wasn't so uh, worried and upset that he was not going to come back, uh, which I think is an interesting take. Again, the the show's very smart 
uh, and not falling into trope. I mean, obviously there are some tropes that falls into. We've talked about those, but the but the most annoying tropes. Uh, you know, Anna is. You know, this could have easily just been, you know, Anna getting you know crazy jealous about the fact that you know that Jarvis is constantly paired up with Peggy and yeah, you know, and even in the beginning of the life, first, you know, yeah, even the, though he's just a butler. <laughs> Yeah, in the beginning of the first episode, you know, here she is laying on the couch. He's got her shirt halfway pulled up and he's, you know, kind of changing her dressing or whatever. And she doesn't even like that thought doesn't even enter her mind. Exactly. Which is great because that's how adults act. You know, so it's nice, you know, when they don't inflate the melodrama just because it's TV. Right. Right. Um, Yeah. And I liked I loved that exchange between the two of them when he's leaving and she's like, you know, look, I. I permit you to go do this because you need it and they need you. You know, she sees his value, you know, she's not just like, but you're just a butler. Like you can't do that. You know, she, she sees his value and she's like, look, you know, I, this is good for you and good for them. But you know, you, you have to accept that I'm going to be a little worried from, you know, take the black coat and not the light coat because you're going to go burgle something. Yeah. (laughs) That was was pretty cool. Yeah. And just like, you know, I permit you to go, but you have to allow me some hand wringing. And yeah. Yeah. You know, that was great because it's like, of course, of course she's worried, you know? Um, So yeah, I, I really do enjoy their relationship. And I love the conversation that Peggy and Jarvis have (laughs) when they're driving and Jarvis is like, yeah, well, you know, what about this? <laughs> you know Wilkes, where he kissed you and you blushed, and oh, yeah. what about Susa? And uh, you know, and she he starts going on, and she's you know she smashes her foot over to slam on the brakes, and they kind of have it out. It's kind of funny. It's like, oh, I might have overheard a, a, a yeah. word or two. <laughs> yeah, and again, it was another good subverting of the trope because I mean. You know, on any other show, they're going to play up that she's sort of in a love triangle. But, you know, the reality of it is that that's a real thing that happens sometimes sure. where yeah, different yeah. people yeah. have affections for the same person. And and I like that the show doesn't obviously they have to touch on it a little bit. And obviously each party is looks sort of jealous and is confused. But I love how she, you know, pointed it out like, look, I didn't it wasn't my intention to have these two, you know, really nice guys like fall for me. Like I, I didn't, I didn't want that to happen. It's an unfortunate thing. And I, to be honest, I don't really know what to do about it. Yeah. And I appreciated that, you know, that it was like, yeah, I mean, that's, that happens, you know, it's a, that's a tough situation she's in and it's nobody's fault. Nobody's a, nobody's bad. And, you know, it just sort of is what it is, you know? So yeah, I, I appreciated them sort of acknowledging that and, and having a heart to heart then they they show up and they pull out the device uh that they t- what was it it was the 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 I don't oh I, man I didn't the, I didn't catch what it was the, it was like uh uh people are yelling at their iPods right now and I've, <laughs> I saw I saw it twice and I can't it looked like a leaf blower yeah it looked it's it it definitely looked like that um but I thought it was hilarious that of course you know he goes to use it and, and it uses like old style like typewriter um uh, buttons for the you know it's got a code of course that you have to put in to make it work and, right which you, because it's howard are the you know body measurements of two yeah, carol lombard and barbara stanwick yeah and he gets them confused <laughs> yeah that was great the whole time like Dottie and peggy are trying to get out of their 
restraints and he's doing the same and he's just reciting these numbers over and over in his head like trying to figure out what went wrong <laughs> like what did i do wrong yeah. yeah and of course getting out of his restraints quicker than they did and i thought it was awesome that he realizes he could take his shoe off and yeah, pull his just, foot out just slide and, through and then before he pulls his other foot out he puts his other shoe back on yeah. like it's like oh it's improper for me to be walking around in my right. socks so i'm gonna make sure i put my foot back in this shoe yeah uh, it was just so jarvis like it was, <laughs> it's just really funny yeah and, and of course then, i love that peggy and and uh Dottie are in this race because they're yeah. they're pretty much convinced that whoever gets out first is gonna just knock the crap out of the other yeah one. so they're like in this it, it, it it's a competition for that and it's a competition of like skill too like peggy's yeah, gotta prove that she's better than Dottie, and Dottie has to prove that she's better than peggy so it's like yeah. it, it's like on two levels they have to make sure that that either one of them gets out first yeah yeah it was great and i i love the you know again it's sort of the machismo of the two like agents you know sort of battling it is such a typical action movie thing but again subverted by the fact that there are two women like yeah who are competing to see who's the best you know spy assassin what you know whatever it is so yeah it it makes it it takes something you're familiar with and makes it more interesting just by the virtue of you know who they are and they have a really interesting conversation too because Dottie kind of lets Peggy know that, you know, you, you know that Masters is working with the SSR now and, you know, and then he's working for, with Whitney and, you know, that there's this, it's all starting to get intermingled and, and Dottie even says like, do you know how deep the rot goes within the SSR? So, mm-hmm. you know, Dottie, obviously Dottie knows something that Peggy doesn't. And it's so you know, knowing what we know about where this story eventually goes and that Hydra had infiltrated, you know, yeah. everything from the beginning and And that the you know, Arena Club Council, whatever yes. is a Hydra offshoot. So just it was kinda interesting to see how, you know, all this started even before Shield was formed and, and mm-hmm. kind of yeah. carried itself forward. Yeah, um, and I like that they're not really beating us over the head with it either. You know, there's yeah. nothing explicit. I mean, to be honest, if you haven't watched Shield, you might not even understand the connection with the Arena Club and and Hydra. You know, right. I mean, right. so yeah, I like that it's sort of this subtle thing. And again, the SSR isn't Shield yet. Like, they're really not beating us over the head with like, oh, your secret government organization is infiltrated by these bad guys. That'll play out someday in the future. You know, it's just yeah. it's just yeah. happening, and we as fans are able to put that together. So. Yeah, yeah I, I appreciate that it's that it's there without being like blatant. Then of course they realize that this was all a trap, but not a trap in the way they thought. It wasn't a trap to get them; it was a trap to get Wilkes because mm-hmm. because of what Dottie told Whitney, you know, through that crazy torture process. So while they were trying to bust out Dottie. Um, Whitney and company were headed back over to Howard's place to get Dr. Wilkes. And of course that's when Jarvis kind of has this crazy, like he, he just goes like, we see a side of Jarvis we haven't seen before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which was really cool. And it was. Cause I mean, that's uh they brought it home. You know, the one thing you yeah. never sort of suspected, you know, he's never worried about Peggy and he doesn't ever seem too worried about himself, but yeah, here, here we see something he never thought might happen uh, with Anna being in danger. Yeah. And he is not having it. 
No. So he, he kind of goes on a tear. Uh, and then of course we cut back to the mansion and, uh, as they break in, we, we hear the voice of Jarvis again. Yeah. And Anna <laughs> dismisses it by, yeah. Which she like, tell oh, him that... to be quiet, honey. <laughs> yes. Cause she's, you know, had a, you know, halfway yeah, through a $400 bottle of wine. Yeah. She's a little lit. With Wilkes. Yeah. And she's going, she's going for the thousand dollar bottle oh, yeah, of wine. Yeah. Uh, which I um, thought was a, another funny moment between the two of them. Yeah. That's a good way to commiserate. Sure. I'm drinking somebody else's expensive hooch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and of course, did you see when uh, uh, Whitney was going through to turn off the alarm, there was another one of those awful Howard Stark paintings <laughs> hanging on the wall? Yes. I <laughs> Again, I said last week that I hope that becomes like a a, a running gag throughout the remaining episodes and so yeah. far it has so yeah um, um and i mean yeah i think one of my favorite moments in during that was um we kind of get you know wilkes talked about it a little bit when he first met peggy but we get a pretty sort of blatant call out about uh race and uh his yeah. position during that period yeah. uh, Which, and how that we, relates to you know women's position too in the show Right, and they've touched on this a little bit. I mean, obviously, just by nature of the show, it's been it's been more uh, focused a, a, about you know women's place in this mm-hmm. world, yeah, um, but not about people of color. And so, I I kind of applaud the show in that it didn't it didn't shy away from it. Like, yeah, it didn't uh, you know try and gloss over it or minimize the the fact that that was done. I I know. Um, you know, like that was, that was kind of an issue, like with Captain America, the first Avenger people thought, oh, you know, that, that they wouldn't have this integrated, you know, unit that, mm-hmm. you know, in World War Two, And, you know, part of that as well, the comics were that way. Part of it is, well, this is, you know, we don't have, you know, people building suits of armor and flying around and, yeah, you know, it, it's exposed to, you know, super zero, <laughs> super yeah, soldier form. So it's, if we it, can live our fantasy, why not make the fantasy, not just that people have superpowers, but that people are more equal than they were. <laughs> right. Right. It's, it's um, but, but again, thing. they don't try and make it, make it seem like, you know, there weren't these, you know, prejudices exactly. Exactly. And, and, and things in, in the world during this time that it wasn't, you know, that everybody's not happy and everything's not great. Um, so I thought that was really cool and, and, you know, that they, they, they hit it head on and they weren't afraid to hit it head on. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, she calls it right out. Like, do you yeah. really believe that the society would, you know, treat you the way you were if you didn't have that opportunity to isodine? And even that opportunity was just like Jane Scott as you were both, you know, disposable in their eyes. And, and Whitney knows that better than anyone. So, sure, sure. So, yeah, I thought, I thought that was a great moment to, it's not like they harped on it or anything, but they addressed it, you know, and they addressed it in a very blunt, real way. And I yeah. really appreciated that. And, and it definitely, you know, is a way to sort of make Wilkes, you know, think about things and think about his position. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's, um, it, it was good. I, I really, I thought that was a really strong moment. I didn't expect him to sort of go back and touch on that anymore, but I really loved that they did. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, and that Whitney continues to bring up, you know, how how much has been taken from her and how much she's taken for granted and stuff. So I, I think they're doing a much better job this year of of talking about, you know, social injustice and how it relates to the characters. And, sure. and I appreciate Marvel doing that, especially on, you know, network television where. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. they shy away from that stuff a little more. 
than yeah. like Netflix, you know? Yeah, no, no question. Uh, but one of the things that comes out too is she kind of makes it when, when Wilkes goes near her and he kind of sucks out, you know, some of her, I guess some of her. Yeah. Well, she was trying to suck his out first. Right. 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 And then it, he sort of, it, it was almost Turned like Ray and, and, uh, Kylo Ren and force awakens. Yeah, like yeah. she yeah. tries to get inside him and, and he finds out like, Oh, I can actually do this in reverse. And she kind of gets the hint that, oh, these these powers, you know, this this matter, this material works different on different people. Like, mm-hmm. she recognizes that, oh, your ability, you know, what you gained from this exposure is different than what I gained from this exposure. Yeah, and she's excited. Uh, I, I loved how she was sort of excited about it. Yeah. She's a scientist. Yeah. And so at first it's like, you know, she's clearly trying to, like, suck it out of him and, and make him intangible. and But then all of a sudden she's like, okay, this is way more fascinating. I think we need to work together. I'll keep supplying you with zero matter. You know, like we've, she's not just like, I'm all powerful and I'm going to kill right. you. She's like, right. Whoa, this is affecting us both differently. We both have cool powers. Like let's figure this out. And for a minute, even though she's killed all these people and you know, she's a villain, I sort of was like, Ooh yeah, I want to see them like team up and like, what can these two like brilliant, but disenfranchised people with extra dimensional superpowers do? It's like, Ooh, that's a show that I would, I would love to watch. Yeah. Like the blighted of society now have these, these like dark abilities. Like that sounds like a pretty fascinating show that we'll never see. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, and it kind of brings back what we've talked about in the past and relates to the comics that, you know, there are many characters that have this power or, Mm -hmm. you know, that have that, that this, this mechanism is used to power their abilities and they manifest in different ways. Yeah. We saw like, in shield you know obviously blackout his i don't know if they ever call him that but you know the episode is called blackout and that's who he is in the comics but he his abilities looked really similar to whitney frost like the sort of tendrils of black like the smoke monster sort of abilities yeah Yeah. um but all his did was they removed electricity which he could use to turn out the lights but also to pull electricity out of people and like kill them but i mean that's a pretty wildly different uh use of the abilities than um jason and whitney have so yeah i mean that's that's three people who are affected in three different ways and yeah it, it, graviton i think there's still some thinking that maybe graviton is yeah to the, that in some it way, looks so. really that that first episode when it was in that containment unit yeah uh the the zero matter it it looked it's it looked so much like gravitonium that it's hard it's hard that two shows that are that connected and the universe is that connected would make a substance like that look pretty identical and for it to be not related somehow. So, right. And that's something we haven't seen pop back up in shield in a, in a long time. Um, so yeah, I, again, it sort of strengthens the idea that you were saying that we could see this dimension or this energy pop back up in shield and, and maybe we get more of an explanation of, you know, maybe how Blackout got his abilities, why they're different. Some of these other characters pop up. So, yeah, I, I definitely hope they continue that thread over on Shield because there's a lot to be mined. And, you know, we've only, like, sort of tapped the surface of it. Yeah. So, of course, that, you know, Peggy and the crew all come back. They are on their way back. And, you know, Whitney needs to make an escape. Uh, you, um, 
Manfredi wants to just basically kill him, and she's like, yeah. no, you know, we're not, you know, monsters. And I'm really glad that he is. I love Ken Marino, and he was great yeah. last week, and I, I loved his moment, like when he was mixing the drink, and when he's talking to Vernon about how loyal his men are, and he's like, they really, they really are. They really <laughs> yeah. are. I just... Yeah, he's he's I love everything that Ken Marino's in and uh, he, he's a great little, you know, background addition to the cast. Yeah, he a, reminds me of side his, <laughs> his character from Veronica Mars. His. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's the same yeah. sort of like slimy slimy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He either kind of plays like dumb or slimy. Yeah. And and yeah, this it's definitely very similar to the Veronica Mars one. Yeah. Which is, was a good call with whoever cast that role. Yeah. So Whitney decides instead of using her abilities or to wipe everybody out, he shoots uh, Anna. Yeah. Which, oh my God. You know, does, obviously doesn't shoot her to kill. He doesn't shoot her in the heart or the head. No. Um, yeah. And, and and knows that's going to pretty much give them the time they need to get away because they're not going to come chasing after her. They're going to make sure Anna's, you know, safe. And so, oh yeah. Uh, you know, they kind of scoop her up and take her off, and you know the episode kind of ends with. Uh, you know them. You know what? What's going to happen to Anna? You know, is Anna is, is Anna going to live? Is Anna not going to live? I'm pretty sure Anna's going to make it. Um, I think so too. I think that would. I think that'd be a pretty dark turn to take at the end of the season, and a pretty dark mark for Jarvis. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's tough to say. It, it would. Um, it would. I feel like it would have a much more of an impact than Dooley dying last season. Yeah. And it does sort yeah. of seem like we need a death. You know, um, at some point, but I, I think it would be a shame because she's such a strong character and and meshes so well with Peggy and brings so much out in Jarvis and yeah, I, I just I, I hope that's not the case, but uh, I definitely think it'll have an impact on Jarvis regardless. Yeah, I just I mean I think if they were wanted to kill her off, then you you know you shoot her in the head or shoot her in the heart you know like you you do it in that episode you don't right you don't have a big cliffhanger and then you start the next episode and then just have her die you know right yeah so but i I definitely think it'll i think we'll see more of violent jarvis uh regardless you know yeah like them going off on their mission so that'll definitely add a new wrinkle to his character and you know again maybe that's a little too much of you know fridging um you know, to give him character development based on that. But hopefully if she survives, then it won't really count. And <laughs> But yeah, if nothing else, I, I could see where that might be the catalyst for Jarvis to say, you know what, I'm I'm done with these adventures, Like, which I time. think would be great. It would be a good way to kind of wrap things up and also have him be like, you know what, I I'm not cut out for this. And like, I have somebody who cares about me. I need to like think about this and I'm endangering her you know, is the number one thing. So I think that would be like the best example versus him being like, now I'm going to be stronger than ever because of this, because she was, you know, because you killed my wife or injured her or whatever. So, right. Yeah. I I definitely hope it's like what you're saying. Like it's, you know what, we've had fun, but I need to just uh, be a butler. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, you know, be here with my wife. But yeah, and that's where we're left until uh, we get a double episode next week. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, the promo didn't really reveal too much. Obviously, we're two, you know, these will be the two episodes before the finale. So, right. you know, they're going to deal with everything with Anna and they're going to keep going after 
you know, Frost and Vernon and Thompson and all that. So I think the, you know, the trailer didn't really reveal much other than like action intrigue, you know? Yeah, exactly. So like, well, we can expect that. So yeah, I guess we'll just have to wait to see exactly what the substance of it all will be. Yep. Yep. But you know, there's some pretty crazy stuff this episode. I mean, with Whitney's powers and everything Jason can do and what happened to, you know, Anna and everybody. So, I mean, I'm, I'm Susan expecting his, his, you know, his head kicked exactly. in. Exactly. So I'm, I'm expecting the, uh, if these were, you know, episode six and seven, I'm definitely expecting eight and nine to be even more intense. Yeah, so. I agree for sure. Yeah. And we'll be back next week to discuss yep. episodes eight and nine, uh, for sure. Yeah. And, and, then whatever. and, uh, also we're, uh, we're supposed to get the, we got the casting announcement announcement for guardians, but we're supposed to get the actual who all the characters are, uh, sometime next week, James Gunn said. So nice that that's, uh, at least one big piece of news we should have. Yeah. We haven't had, you know, we haven't had a lot of Dr. Strange. Yeah. It's been pretty quiet out. on that. Yeah. So, uh, I'd, I'd be surprised if too much more time goes by than uh, we don't hear anything. I would assume in time for, you know, we talked about this before too, but in time for civil war, we'll get a trailer. I would think that would be a, an, a done thing. I would yeah. say it would premiere with the, uh, civil war movie, but they seem to drop these things ahead yeah. of time. So I don't, I, I don't see a way that it won't be attached to civil war. Meaning oh, sure. that we will definitely see it beforehand. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 too close and it's he's still a I mean again, you know, every year Marvel has one of these sort of risk ones, but you know, he's a very unknown character. Um so but he's why a very, not He's a very well-known and well-liked actor, so it definitely has Exactly. You know, actors, so that, there's the that appeal, but but they're going to want to get as many eyes as possible on the character for Absolutely. what's going to be, you know, probably the biggest movie of the year. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. No. Well, cool. Uh, well, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, and we will be back next week to discuss the next two episodes uh, and the news and whatever else comes up. Um, but in the meantime, you can check out all the stuff over at mcuexchange.com. Like we said, uh, on Fridays, they will post the MCU Exchange show, which uh, definitely check that out. Yeah. And uh, I'm doing the just a plug that uh, I took over for Doug who was doing the, it was agents of shield, but I'll be doing the agent Carter and agents of shield, like breakdowns where it's sort of like the big moments. And he moved up to doing the reviews. So I would definitely say, um, I think every Wednesday, uh, he's dropping his reviews for agent Carter and pretty soon for agents of shield. And then every Thursday, which, you you know, is probably when the show is dropping and people are listening. Um, I'm doing like breakdowns of just, you know, he sort of looks at it critically and I just sort of, talk about all the you know sort of big you know wtf moments and reveals and stuff um every thursday with agent carter and hopefully with shield coming up too so uh those those are my plugs cool no good stuff um and then of course check out our facebook group facebook.com slash mcu podcast uh the twitter is at mcu underscore podcast uh, i've been live tweeting uh the, the episodes i will all things equal be live tweeting the next two hour episode next week. Um, probably not live tweeting the finale. I think I'll be out of town uh, on business that week, uh, but you never know. I may be sitting in my hotel and not much going on yeah. and doing that. So uh, again, until next week, uh, thanks everybody for listening to it's all connected. <laughs>